0: We've spent some time in the last uh, year, several times, we, we ended up in Genesis lots of times. Uh, it's amazing how many things come out of Genesis. Uh, I had no idea how much there'd be in Genesis to, <laughs> to talk about through the months and years and how much more God gave us. But you know, in Genesis 2.15, it's where the Lord God took the man, you don't, you, you don't have to turn there, keep your finger in Proverbs. But the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And I've spent a lot of time on that, but what that really meant, he set him there to guard the garden. That's what it really was all about. And we spent quite a bit of time on that over that period of time, talking about guarding the garden. And it makes us think about that, the tend and the keep and the guard, and what all it is that God wants us to tend and Keep and guard. and we, can, we could sit here and we could have a name game and ask each other, well, what are all the things? Well, of course, we wants us to guard our families and our marriages and our children and the property he gives us and all those kind of things. We could list several, several, several. But let's go over here to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, in a very familiar area to some. And starting in verse 20, he said, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them. Everybody said life. 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 Say his words, are life. his words are life to those who find them yes. and health to all their flesh. Or another way we've heard is that his uh, Hebrew meaning is also medicine. His words are health, their life, their medicine, but it's to those who find them. Verse 23, depending on your translation, it may say, Keep your heart with all diligence, but that word really means guard your heart with all diligence. So now we've found something else to guard our heart. And what does he say? It's pretty expressive. With all diligence. That means it's extremely important. For out of it spring the issues of life. And I like the Amplified version here. Verse 23 in the Amplified, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk. Put it far from you. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. But keep and guard your heart. In verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Now, here we start to bring our mouth into conjunction with our heart. Isn't that amazing? You know, we should know that. That's just common sense, isn't it? Our heart is going to be subject to this thing we call the mouth. So we're to guard our heart. Now, uh, let's just slip over to Psalm 141, verse 1. Lord, I cry out to you, make haste to me, give ear to my voice. When I cry out to you, let my prayer be set forth before you as incense lifting up my hands as the evening sacrifice. Verse 3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. What? Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch at the door of my lips. So what we're seeing here in a few verses, we're seeing the extremely important what goes out of our mouth. And of course, we're talking about what goes out of our mouth right now. Not what goes into our mouth, because even that gets into a subject of other things. But it's what comes out of our mouth that He wants to guard us. Now, in this Psalm prayer in Psalms here, the, the answer to that really goes back into what He's done with us with the Holy Spirit. To alert us. He's given us the Spirit of the living God to alert us when there's perverse things could come out of our mouth. Or to check us, to stop us, make us stop and think a minute. Uh, I read something over there in Proverbs, uh, I'll turn back there, that almost seemed like it didn't agree, but it does. In verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Why does he say that in there? Is that in context? Of course it is. It's a matter of focus with our mouth and with our heart, keeping on track. In verse 26, it says, ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. It's got to do with focus. It's all tied down in with our heart and our mouth. How many times have you heard somebody say, Boy, that person has a lot of heart. Well, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about strength. They're talking about a lot of just courage. You know, you've seen people that just couldn't be put down because they have a lot of heart. But see, that heart is strengthened by our very lips, and in continuing on there, in verse 27, do not turn to the right or the left, remove your foot from evil. So it ties that all in with guarding our hearts. You know, we know that it's common that, you know, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's in Luke six forty five. You could take that quite a ways. But, you know, you run into people and say, well, you know, they just people, some people just, just go for it. You say, well, at least they speak their heart. The danger is, if that's in their heart, aren't you, don't you feel sorry for them what's in their heart? And out of others, there's life-giving things come out of their heart. There's compassion comes out of their heart. Well, what are they feeding on? What are they doing? And, you know, if we find ourselves, what do you do if yourself, you find yourself saying something someday and you're kind of ashamed of it. What are you going to do about it? Well, you know, I, I can't help but, but go there just a minute. I hope it fits. Everybody knows John Hagee. He preached a sermon Friday. Sandy caught it, and she told me about it. And, and then she went and recorded it so I could hear it later. But he made a statement, and it's got a little bit to do with what I'm talking about. At least we'll say that it does, okay? (laughs) He said, time in America is desperate. Times in America are desperate, but the church is not. He said, times in America are desperate, but the church is not. What is he talking about? There's no urgency, even with simple things like this, like wanting to move on, wanting to build our heart and, and really begin to bring the heart of God into our lives. Guard it from those things that are extraneous. I mean, you go out there, you can get bit. We've been bit. Everybody's been bit a few times by people, what they say. Sometimes it hurts. But you see, you lose your focus if you start believing or letting those things come into your heart, right? Right? Am I right or wrong? Is this simple or not? It's simple, but it's serious. We're the church. It's not somebody else out there. You're the church. Each one of us. We're the church. And, you know, I've thought about this over the years sometimes, feeling pretty insignificant. How many's ever felt insignificant? Yeah, raise your hand. The rest of you are just <laughs> felt pretty insignificant from time to time. But then that other thought came along like, you're my church. It's not somebody else. It's me. Am I that big? No, but I'm part of that church. (laughs) I'm, I'm in this church. And basically, if I don't do what's in my heart or put it there by the Lord or my calling, my gifts, whatever they are, if I don't do them, I'm just like everybody else. I'm not desperate anymore. I think there used to be a song, Desperate for Your Love. I don't know. You'd probably know. I remember hearing that somewhere, speaking of the Lord, Desperate for the Lord. That's all right to be desperate for the Lord. It's all right to be so desperate that you're willing to do whatever it takes to find His heart in your life or anybody else's or or whatever. So it, it really has to do with these areas right here our focus, our guarding, our heart that's in there and, and, and watching the door of our lips, our mouths. What have we been talking about lately about ourselves? Now, we may have just a lot of, a lot of real mature people listening to this right now, uh, could be. So maybe we're beyond this, but I don't think I am. I'm not there yet. I have to begin to stop myself and see what I'm saying. When I'm out there mowing the lawn and the tractor won't start, what, what, what am I saying? Well, that sounds silly, doesn't it? But what am I saying when there's adversity? What am I saying when I hear somebody said something evil about me, bad about me? What am I saying? Well, I better say something because I don't want it to get on me, right? What does, mean, what does it mean to get on you? It means you let that door of your heart open and you let that thing go into your heart without counteracting it and worse is when you say it yourself we we know that faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god we also know from uh, uh, ourselves that what we say is the most prominent thing our heart is going to hear today it will trump everybody else's voices if we simply step up and do it let's let's look at another one here before we get off too far uh let's go to philippians basic stuff here in philippians Verse 6, starting in chapter 4. It says, be anxious for nothing. Well, what does that say? That first thing says, don't let anxiety rule your life. Isn't that what you'd say that means? Mm -hmm. Any English majors in here? Anybody have Webster's Dictionary? Well, I'm not trying to be funny, but for anxious for nothing means don't have any fear involved with anything that you do. But in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So in other words, just getting off there a little bit, anxiety comes along, what do we do? We counteract it with faith, do we not? And then in verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There we have that word guard again, don't we? And actually, there's a translation of that which talks about will garrison your heart. If you have any knowledge of the military, a garrison, that's a lot of troops. And they're tough and they're trained and they rule. When they come in, if there's a garrison walked in here right now and told us to stand attention, man, we'd listen, would we not? We'd have to back up a minute because a garrison, that's quite a few of them. But that's what the Word of God will do. The peace of God, which passes law and understood, will, you might as well say, garrison your hearts and minds. Now, that particular scripture has been like a gold mine for me. Having have come from times when uh, a lot of attacks, a lot of things, a lot of things going on, and, and maybe some things that have hounded you. You know, we talked a few months ago about strongholds in your mind, those things that the devil puts there to hold you back. Well, I've had some strongholds. So have you. You've had things that were placed there that hold you back. Now, you may not only recognize those as strongholds, and I won't quite get into that so much today, but I guess I probably will. But when you become aware, like we t- it talked about here earlier in, in the 141st Psalm, that God is is involved with the whole thing. And we mentioned the Holy Spirit being there to enlighten us about some things. He would also enlighten us if we ask Him, are there strongholds holding me back? Why isn't my life where I want it to be today? Holy Spirit is there on tap to tell you. But there's one little secret about that. This is big. If you take a note, you should write this down. You have to ask Him. Right? Right? This is deep, isn't it? But see, He's there. He's available to bring those things to your, your, uh, to to your light, to to enlighten you. What is it that's been holding me back, Lord? Uh, I just feel there's more. How many feels there's more in your life? Come on, raise your hands. Huh? There's more. Mm -hmm. There's more for me. There's more. May not be complicated. clicked in with God, it, it's not very complicated. You just take the next step, you know. We don't worry about it. We're not to be anxious about it, are we? Because that's anxiety. You know, that'd be just like the devil to bring fear into your life. If, if you said, well, I, I'd like to do that, but gee, I don't know. Well, there you go. You just ruined the whole thing with your mouth. Yes, sir, I can do whatever God's called me to do, right? Yeah. So as long as I slipped into this realm here over in, uh, did I tell you Second Corinthians chapter 10? Sorry about that. Just a little little bit of a review, but I think it's important. Because I want to tie that in with Philippians. Philippians. Yes, chapter 10. And I'll preface this because this, what I'm about to share with you, set me free from some things that have been there since childhood. But the Lord is the one that had to, to lead me to this. You know, sometimes you can go get counsel, and it helps, and sometimes you hear something. But I want to tell you something. The Lord supernaturally led me to this because He wanted me free. Why did He want me free? Well, He wants you free. But I wanted me free, too. How many can relate to this? I hope somebody can. So He took me to this in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, in other words, meaty, or things you can figure out with your brain, your mind, but they're mighty in or through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Mine says arguments, but King James was imaginations. I always liked it better. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The Lord, through the Holy Spirit, told me just to quote that and just just start quoting that out loud when I wanted to be free from certain things. And I will just give you a testimony of within days I was never bothered again with those same thoughts. What's an imagination Well, today we think of imagination a lot of different ways. We could think of it as, you know, a negative way, lusts of the flesh. Right? It's in our face all the time. Whatever thing we're involved with with the Internet, lusts of the flesh are in our face. I mean, they're there all the time. And for people that don't guard their minds and take some discipline over their eyes, what happens? They, get, they fall right into this thing. But he said we should cast down those imaginations, take authority over them, and take every thought. You know, people begin to act these things out. Well, that's in a negative way. But on the other side of the coin, he also wants us to begin to imagine the good things. So what, what I learned was the negative things, we take authority on them through that passage. We slip over here to Philippians. And now we're going to build ourselves back up, are we not? Because he said to what? Think on these things. We're going to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus in verse 7, chapter 4 of Philippians. And in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there are any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. I will tell you through the years, ministering to numbers of people that had problems, those that would take this prescription that I could share over the phone or in person, those that would take those scriptures would be free within a few days of things that had plagued them their entire life. Because sure, as God gives you a plan and gives you a track for your life to build you up, there's going to be another voice that say, well, you know, but you can't really do that. You know, people like you've never done that. That's never happened with people like you, you know. Well, who am I? Well, you know, you're, you're one of those, you know, you, you, you're not well educated. I think you're, you're German, and Germans never do any good like that. You know, they'll throw a lot of different things out there, won't they? How many, how many relate to what I'm saying? The devil and humans will try to hold you back no matter what it is. But what are we supposed to do? Everybody say guard. guard, guard. We're supposed to guard. Is this simple? Yes, it's simple, but it's, it takes discipline. We have to be determined. Quoting Hagee, times in America are desperate, but the church is not. Now, in a positive way, I want to be desperate. Of course, he went on to preach a good sermon about how people want peace, but they're not willing to repent of their own problems. They're not willing to, to do anything for themselves. They just want to have this peace. And they'll pray to God for peace, but they they drift off into some other concept, and and uh, the next thing you know, they're 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 wanting peace yet, but they're not willing to give up whatever they do. It may not be a physical sin. It's hard telling what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't need to get into that and mess with people. But it could be physical sins. I mean, we run into people all the time. Christians love the Lord. Oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, meet my girlfriend. Oh, really? It's great. When I had a girlfriend, that meant she was my girlfriend. <laughs> To them, it's like, well, we live together, you know, one of those deals. Okay, well, okay, that's, that's just something. I mean, sure, I'm starting to meddle with somebody right now, not necessarily in this room, but see, that's something they're not willing to give up, but they want the peace of God. They want to prosper. They want, to, they want all this stuff. They want to learn faith. They want to dream in, you know, build, build their faith and, and believe all this stuff. Maybe they want physical healing. And yet, they're not willing to give up whatever this little thing is that's, that's basically got their life trapped. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to get that mean today. Mm-hmm. But see, it's true. Yeah. And every one of us knows it that's wanted to go on to the Lord. We know that there are things we have to give up. Mm-hmm. And actually, none of them are gold. We don't have to give up prosperity. We don't have to give up health and healing. He wants us to be health and heal whole. He wants us to be whole. He wants to have peace in our lives. He wants us to have the whole package. We don't have to give up any of that stuff. Proverbs, uh, just here in Proverbs chapter 8, since we're cruising a little bit today, just another thing to back this up. i have already been places I didn't think I'd wind up, but in Proverbs chapter 8, in verse 8, chapter 8, Uh, It says, all the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. I like verse 9. They're all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. What that has to do with primarily could be a lot of things. But basically, God speaks pretty clear. When we want something from God, he gives us some ideas. Clean up our life, you know, do these kind of things. Meditate on the word day and night. Keep Keep our lips away from perverse speech. Keep, just keep flowing with him and guard our heart and start putting things in our heart that would, would get us where we want to be. And it's pretty simple, isn't it? It really is simple. The hard part is is just uh, doing it. So anyway, I, I don't know I, it, how to go on to this today, except there's some real important things here for all of us, and it has to do a lot with what we what we want to, to happen in our lives, what we want to begin to speak over our lives. What is it that we're wanting to say about our lives today? You know, we, we've heard a lot about, we're, we're steeped in the Mark 11, 23 and 24, speaking over those mountains that are in our life and taking advantage of that. I mean, really, th- those are disciplinary things. It's pretty simple. There's something in your life. There's a stronghold that's been uncovered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, how do you get rid of a stronghold? How do you get rid of that stronghold? Well, you speak to it. How do you speak to a stronghold? Well, whatever that stronghold is, you nail it. You talk to it. A lot of people have the wrong idea. They think they're, still think that you talk to God about that, and you say, well, God removed that thing from my life. Well, He's already done it by His blood. He's already done it. He's already done it. He's already paid that price. He said, you speak. And I mean, I've ministered to people sat there and taught and taught and taught, and get all done, and they'll come up well uh, you know, and they still think God's the one that has to do this. no, it's you that has to get rid of that stronghold, but you have the spirit of the living God, you have the you have the name of Jesus, you could he says Whoever shall say to this mountain, you might as well say, Whoever shall say to this stronghold that's held me back, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, But whatever he says shall come to pass, and he'll have whatever he says. I I twisted that scripture up a little bit. But the point is there. If, If that is something that's in your life, you have to get rid of it. Amen. So keep a guard over the door of your lips. We have quite a bit to guard, don't we? We have quite a bit to guard. But he's given us every tool. He's given us every, everything in his word to do it. He said, I speak very plainly. I speak very plainly. You have to really work hard to misunderstand the things that God has to say. <laughs> I personally like to speak plain. You know, I've been around several cities. Sandy and I haven't exactly nested in one place our whole life. And I've run into a lot of people that speak in innuendos. You know, they'll speak in third party. I remember being in a little conflict one time, not serious, just it's a minor thing with this young man. And, and, and he'd come up to me one day and he says, You know, Gary, there's some people really don't like what you just did, really. Why don't you like it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've heard people like that. It's an in innuendos. It's like, well, we heard these people over here, you know, you know. Really, so how about you? Do you have innuendos going in your life? Are you asking God to help you remove some things from your life when really it's your project to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, are you wanting to speak in innuendos? You know, I don't have this because God hadn't taken it away from me yet. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Blaming God now, huh? What else don't you like about God, huh? <laughs> kind of funny, isn't it? No, no, he's giving you the tools. He speaks very plainly. He said you can, you can ask him for those things that might be holding your life back. You can ask him to tell you what they are. Those are strongholds. We do have an enemy out there that would put strongholds in your life. Do you know that? Do you realize that? Do you know that you don't have to keep that stronghold? Did you know that? Did you know you don't have to do that? What do you have to do? Well, besides you get up in the morning, get out of the bed, get your feet on the floor, the strongholds are there, get rid of them. I know this probably is just like beating something to death, but you know what? Uh, Sure is is shooting. You, You go out there and even people may hear this message. They still maybe don't get it there's something holding you back, interfering in your life, get rid of it. Speak to it, in Jesus' name. Amen? Quite simple. But you have to want it bad. I told the story last time, I can't use that same story about how bad a guy wanted it, but it's still a good story, because some of you weren't here, maybe you didn't hear it. And it was the young man that wanted success really bad, and he went to the old man. If you heard it before, just humor me a little. He went to this old man and he said, he "said, old man, you've been successful. I want to know how to be successful because I want success really bad." And the old man said, well, "Let's take a walk, son, down here by this little pond." So they walked down there, little pond, and they sit down. And just as soon as they got sent down in there, the old man took the young man's head and he shoved it under the water, and he left it there, and he left it there, and he left it there. And he left the man, left him there. The old guy was pretty strong. And about the time he knew that young man was going to have to take a breath, he let him come up. And the guy was exhausted, the kid was exhausted. And he said to him, do you know how bad you wanted a breath of air just then? He said, if you want success that bad, you can have it. Now that's about Success. How bad do you want the Lord working in your life today? Or do we just want to coast like a lot of the church is out there? just playing games with it, going and seeing who's got the best praise and worship next Sunday, going over to say, who's, what's this guy, this fresh message, this new anointing, let's go hear him. You know, you, you hear all this. I've met people that had every tape of every faith man that ever put out a tape. I've walked into libraries and I'm just amazed and saw somebody there that had no revelation whatsoever. They heard it all. They knew it all. They could remember. I could just tell you all this stuff. Oh, yeah, I got all Coblen's hey, Koblenz, Hagen. I mean, you name somebody. Caps. I mean, it's just like libraries and their life's still in the dump. No. It's taking the Word of God, wanting God to work in your life in a desperate matter, and go do what He's called you to do. Don't pay any attention to what everybody else does. That's the biggest thing that can hinder any of us. Hey, I'm, I'm a pro at, at holding back thinking somebody else could do something. I've never been afraid to step in the fire uh, in the last many years, but at the same time, you always have this little feeling, somebody else will do this. I wish they'd do it. Why don't they do it? What if it's you that's supposed to be doing that, right? You're around the house. You know, just Sandy and I, you know, we've been at this quite a while. We don't worry about which one's supposed to do something. We have certain gifts. But, you know, if the dishes need done and I'm handy, I'll run over there and do the dishes. I don't care. It doesn't bother me in the least. Because I respect my wife and she's got plenty to do. So if I can jump in and she'll do the same with me. We're not so worried about somebody else is supposed to do that. Now, there are times that I don't mess with the food because I get kicked out of that kitchen. (laughs) And I'm not going to challenge that. But at the same time, you see, it's the same thing with the Lord. He's given you gifts. There's callings and gifts and just all kinds of things. And we can change everything. You know, people say, well, you know, and it's kind of fun to lead people to the Lord and and do some things like that. And there's always that thing, well, it might be the next Billy Graham. Well, it could be, but it could be the next person that's, that's very significant in some other realm. Get them unloaded. They might be the first honest banker that's hit the hit America in years. May not be just that there's some hot preacher. You know, it may not be that. There's a lot of callings besides preaching. Amen. Lots of them. And we don't need a thousand more prophets necessarily. We need those that God has called. But you know, people say somehow they relate people saved or some super gift and it might be just a gift to just go do what God's called you to do. Sometimes you just plow the fields, right? Sometimes you just go get on it. But in doing that, you have to guard your heart and your mind. You have to begin to talk about it. Begin to recognize your giftings. If you're around me much anymore, I'm admitting, I know my gifts. Maybe not all of them. But I know I have giftings. So why lie, why, why lie about it? Why say, well, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm very good at these kind of things. In James, it talks about lying against the truth. Lying about it. When you know there's things in your heart that you could be doing, and that you could read to people, and you say, you put yourself down, you are lying against the truth. Move out with what God's given you. Well, amen. Praise God. Well, you know, why go any further today? There's many more things I could do. But it's the idea of tending, keeping, and guarding the garden. Guarding your life. Guarding your heart. Take care of what's in there and move out with it. Praise God. You're important. Get desperate. Don't wait for somebody else to save the whole world. Go out and do what God's called you to do. Right? Don't. You know, if I'm speaking to somebody out there, don't just run around town looking who's got the greatest praise and worship or, or some super anointing. Hey, feed on those things. I have feed on those things, but then get your wheels going and go do what He's called you to do. Amen. Good preaching. Amen. Good preaching. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, let's just stand up. Let's let's just stand up and and just thank God for this time and this word and Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. I want this word. Just you lift your hands right now. I'll tell you what. You lift your hands begin to praise Him. And I want to tell you what happens. This word that for you will sink further down into your heart. It's kind of like sometimes you can't swallow. So you stand up and you can swallow. Stand up and just let the Spirit of God bring this message into your heart and bring fuel with it and fire with it. Uh, uh, we'll talk about next time our tongues are fire. They're Hallelujah. fire, like what we say, what we put into our life, what we, what we bring in. It's like the fire of God. So, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for igniting everybody in the sound of my voice. my Father, in Jesus' name, thank Hallelujah. you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Anybody got anything, go for it. Hallelujah. Thank God. thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. How, how does it feel when you open your mouth and just thank God? Just feels pretty good, doesn't it? Feels like there's something else just came right in with it. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God.